And that's my, uh, actually my advice for all of you, if you're listening, uh, please make mistakes. Please uh, uh, do a big fuck up because how you act with it is a great way of showing the audience who you as a person are. Hey there, and welcome to yet another episode of the World of Presentations podcast brought to you by Asset Presentation Agency 356 Labs, where we not only uh, work on presentations and help uh, some of the biggest brands out there write, design, and deliver truly effective presentations, but we also organize this uh, very, very interesting conference that's called the, <laughs> the World of Presentations, Present to Succeed. Anyway, uh, I'm not the important person for the day. Obviously, I'm Boris, I'm the founder of the company and your host for the episode, but as this is a podcast, we have a guest. And as that's an interview, the guest is way more important than me. So who is our guest today? His name is Marco Pesh. By the way, Marco, the family name, it's, I love the family name, Pesh. Is the found, he is the founder of presentation training agency, Happy Good Talk, where he and his team, by the way, listen to this one, everybody, believe, and by the way, I love this, believe that your audience is fed up with standard speakers with standard tricks and standard jokes. <laughs> Maybe Marco is now going to uh, help us a little bit and tell us what they're doing with their customers. So we'll probably find that out in a minute. And so Marco, welcome to the podcast. I'm super happy that we are finally doing this after four months of uh, logistics. Like that's insane. I know. I know. <laughs> Thank you very much for inviting me and hosting Boris. Perfect. Marco, how did you ended up being in the, like, what happened so that you ended up in the presentation um, space, in the presentation community, in the presentation industry? What happened with you? Everyone has a story and it never starts with, I really wanted to be a professional presenter or person that works in the presentation space. Always something happens before that, that navigates that decision. What, what happened in your world? Well, exactly. My story actually started quite the opposite. Um, okay. I started working as a consultant right after my studies for a big, large financial corporate uh, company. And um, I was working there as a consultant and advising our customers on how to be an entrepreneur and how to work better together, etc. Then 2008 came and the financial crisis hit. Uh, in Europe, also in the Netherlands, and the pro uh, the program we were working on became a huge hit, a huge success. And my manager by that time told me, Marco, you're going to organize a roadshow, and you're going to be the presenter, and you're going to talk about our success. And I thought, uh-uh, <laughs> I don't dare, I don't want to, I can't. <laughs> so I decided to take up an acting class. Uh, improv acting so i could learn how to present myself on stage and i could learn on how to um, play with my audience etc and i remember that i walked in there it was uh, i'm in amsterdam at this moment and i did one of these acting courses in amsterdam and i remember that day when i walked in there and i saw that paper sign on the door stating improv theater just come through the door and i i just fell in love with it this is All it. Right. I had no clue what it was, but this is it. <laughs> so about uh, six to eight weeks later, I handed over my, um, um, uh, of, I quit my job and I started in the field of acting, uh, the field of theater. 
and I loved it. It was an amazing place to be. Um, but living as an actor in the Netherlands, and I think everywhere around the world, it is a tough job, uh, and it's really hard to find a job and to find work. Uh, I did it for about seven years. Uh, I got live of it. I did some amazing projects abroad and, and uh, national. But then I found out that I actually missed something. And that thing I missed was the corporate world, the world where I started as a consultant. And at this moment with Happy Good Talk, I'm actually combining both of those worlds, the corporate world and the performance world of acting. Um, and that's how I um, became this well, in the field of public speaking, working in the field of public speaking. And I am, I'm actually fully in love with what I'm doing because I've never felt that strong. I can use both of my talents now at this moment. And it really helps me in um, working, living, doing. Yeah. So you see one word, the word improv made all the difference. See what the power of copywriting is? Just exactly. one word sometimes to make you act. That's, exactly. that's how it goes. It made but me we, act, literally. Yeah, by the way, yeah, it, it, actually, it made you act, by the way. That is also... Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, by the way, for those of the people that are going to see the recording, uh, meaning not the audio recording, but the video recording, uh, they're probably going to say, wait a minute, in acting, probably... Uh, they said to Marco that Boris shouldn't be wearing such a shirt because that's not good for camera. But uh, <laughs> it, it, creates, it creates this moisture effect or whatever it may be called. But guys, um, stay with us. Uh, again, it, it's not me that's important. Uh, li listen and look at Marco only and you'll be fine. Now, I like your shirt, Boris. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> <in here. laughs> so let's talk about our topic. We decided to do something that we haven't done with... Uh, previous guests and it's not obviously on our podcast yet like there is nothing we haven't touched on that topic and that's inspiring speakers you no know, you you're coming from that world of acting and improv and all of that and they're in the world not only in the presentation world i think but also in the business world in general they're so okay not so many i was about to say so many but there are quite some people that are great when they go on stage or great when they're on camera in general. For yeah. example, currently presenting over Microsoft Teams or Zoom or whatever it is. Like, what are, for example, some of the examples that you, like once you hear an inspiring speaker or somebody that you should look for, um, who are those names that you think people should be like monitoring? Let's put it this way. Well, if, if I just look around, there are so many inspiring speakers and um, there are a lot of them, but not all of them are known because there is okay. this thing about being an inspiring speaker and being an inspiring speaker that's known. And okay. um, we see quite some people on stage that are asked uh, again and again and again and again. And as you mentioned, yes, we're fed up with standards. Um, there are quite some inspiring speakers that don't get all of those stages. Um, yep. One example that I think is a very inspiring speaker, and uh, this is a person that is uh, quite a lot on stage, on camera, and is known all over the world. Let's start with an example that everybody knows. Um, I think is um, Stephen Hawking. Okay. Um, 
I saw quite some videos of him, quite some interviews. And what I really, really love about Stephen Hawking is when he is presenting, um, he just gives us whatever he has. And it isn't much. Um, I've seen quite some interviews of him where he is, uh, it's in the last days of his life, where mm. he can't um, move his facial muscles or uh, eye movements. And we only hear this computer voice but we still see a very little smile happening. And he, he just presents it with a, a way like, this is it, people. You better wait because it's going to take some time for me to formulate my sentences. And if you listen to this interview, you will have breaks of 30 seconds, 40 seconds when there is absolute silence. And then we'll hear this computer voice again uh, with him cracking a joke about the silence. And I yeah. just love how he is truly himself in this interview, but also in more interviews um, on where he shows the audience like, well, this is me and you better deal with it. Yeah. Interesting example. I haven't thought about that one, by the way. It's so authentic indeed. Like I, I, haven't, I haven't followed a lot of his public appearances, to be honest. But from what I have seen, he really is always very much himself somehow you know which is obviously one of the obviously authenticity is super super important for everyone who is a public speaker or presenter exactly or trainer or coach or whatever what any anyone else that you want to mention here by the way well there, there's another example because if we talk about stephen hawking um, he's a person who um cannot rely on um, uh, body language, hand gesture, mm. um, a beautiful, deep voice, uh, um, 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 gorgeous looking, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, another person that um, can actually rely on those uh, factors and also uses it is, for example, Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Um, I think she is an amazing speaker in terms of authenticity. But what I also hear her doing is uh, I hear her uh, using all the storytelling techniques I know. If she right. speaks to you, she speaks with so much detail and um, uh, so much, she really draws you into her story. Um, and it comes naturally when she does that. And I'm, I'm mesmerized by all of the speeches I've seen from her, the interviews I hear from her. She really speaks from the heart. Uh, and it's, it's um, we, we learn people to use these storytelling techniques, but she does it so natural. Mm. Do you think, by the way, do you believe that people like Oprah, I think the, the answer is clear, but still, let's, let's hear it out loud. I don't know. Um, do you believe that people like Oprah being such a great communicator and not only her, uh, I'll give an example from the event because I now remind myself about it. Do you think that Oprah, People like those, like those, not only understand the importance of public speaking appearances and communication, let's put it like public speaking skills, if you wish. They obviously understand the importance and the power of one speech that they give, right? Yep. How badly do you think they are trained? Like, how much effort do you think they have put in to become such? Because to me, it's absolutely clear that, at least that's just an opinion. I'm sure that she was not born with it, you know? Mm -hmm. But once she understood the importance of it, I think she went all in, or at least invested tremendous effort and um, resources into becoming what you're talking about. Like how, 
how much training do you think that those people are getting to become so so experienced? I think they get a lot of training. Oh, yeah, um, of when, when talking about Oprah, but also Stephen Hawking or other inspiring speakers that we know, um, mm. I think they definitely get a lot of training. But that training um, goes beyond public speaking training. Um, mm. I, I think it has way more to do with who are you as a person? Who do you want to be as a person? Um, uh, how can you... Uh, show that to the world how how does perception work uh, um, I think even down to feedback and negotiation skills etc I think they're there they have done so many trainings but in all of that and I think that what is also what I learned in the in the world of acting is that um, in the beginning you're not born with those skills you learn those skills but you learn it and you learn it and you learn it even better and even more until you, until you fully understand what it means. And then you forget about all of it. And when you mm. forget about all of it, you make it your own and it becomes natural behavior. And I think that's what we see when talking about inspiring speakers is that they made it natural behavior. Yeah. And by the way, Reminds me of, for some reason, what you said just reminded me of one of those documentaries that was, I think, on Netflix about the greatest coaches um, in the world. And one of the episodes was, obviously, not surprisingly for me, not surprisingly for the people that are following the sport of tennis. Um, there was this episode with the, the coach of Serena Williams. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you watch this, but for everyone who is listening, watching, whatever, you have a Netflix account, or if you don't, just buy one. I mean, it's cheap. Don't get crazy. Uh, so there was this uh, episodes with um, Jose Mourinho, the football coach, this guy, mm -hmm. uh, Serena Williams, uh, the coach, her coach, etc. And he was talking about something that was very, very interesting. And uh, he was talking about the fact that everyone is chasing perfection, right? And that in the case of Serena, it, there is another level. You know, there is in her case, there is something that he says that Serena is actually better, or at least she was better when she was in her top years or whatever. And he was saying something that really made an impression on me. Like it really somehow resonated with me on the fact that he said it's not it, the level above perfection is automaticity. You mm -hmm. know, she is not when you see her play. She is not perfect. She has she has done each and every move so many times, right? So many times with obviously the best coach or the best coaches. Who knows how many coaches are involved in there? She's on the level of automatic. Yep. Right. And that is when I heard this, I was like, deep. That sounds deep, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Yep. I can also imagine that if you're listening to this podcast and you think, well, Serena Williams and Oprah Winfrey and uh, Stephen Hawking, those people have all the opportunities to train their entire life, every minute of the day for their profession. But if you think of it, you as a person, you are also every minute of the day busy with presenting yourself, telling stories, um, uh, uh, sharing uh, the stage or having an audience. Um, and I think that's really important to know that this, what we're talking about is not only for the, the, the rich and famous or the, the people oh, yeah. on the main international stages, but it's for everyone. 
And public speaking is, is a skill you're doing every day for your job in the supermarket with your friends. It's about telling yeah. stories. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on the topic of telling stories. I will just add, I just can't, sorry for that. But there was a quote, I don't know if you know Scott Carman, who is the CEO of Silver Fox Productions. He was actually on the podcast. Uh, Silver Fox Productions are a presentation agency in Seattle, um, based in Seattle. They do some, uh, let's say, very critical keynotes uh, for some tech companies that all of us know and use on a daily basis. Still, we cannot name names, but Scott had this, uh, during the Q&A at Present to Succeed, uh, he shared the story, or at least, let's be honest, I pushed him to tell that story uh, <laughs> because he said, sorry, it's not like that, but I pushed him to tell the story of, one of those executives that is actually so busy that he doesn't even have time for the re official rehearsals before a super huge tech keynote, right? That yep. the whole world watches, etc. Like so busy. And he's like, you think he's trying to be busy, but he really is busy. Like his calendar is completely full and it's full with meetings that he just cannot skip. You know, it's very important stuff. And I was like, okay, Scott, but how is he then going to be so perfect when he's on stage? Or it looks like one of the most um, prolific speakers or great speakers or inspiring speakers out there. Again, I don't, I'm not sure whether or not that's him or her or whatever. I think I know who that person is, but he doesn't, he didn't confirm uh, any names. And he said something out of the blue, you know, that by the way, everyone should hear that. Great speakers are always prepared because they are constantly preparing. And when he said it, I was like, silence, everybody. Enjoy it. <laughs> now let's move on. <laughs> Listen, to, like great speakers are always prepared because they are always preparing. Yeah. What do you think about that, by the way? What's I think thought? it all comes down to continuous learning. It's you're never yeah. finished. Uh, yeah. um, uh, um, and, and a woman like Oprah Winfrey, she's never finished. She, she's still yeah. learning. Um, me, myself, I'm still learning. We're always learning. And I think it has to do the same with preparation. Uh, you're always preparing for the, the, the next thing. I can definitely relate to it. Um, and I can also relate to it in the field that it's, it doesn't mean that uh, on every corner of the streets I'm writing a speech just in case I will meet this one person. Um, but it has to do with me being myself, being my authentic yeah. self, me being comfortable with who I am, what I have to tell. Um, and if I'm in that state of mind, it means that I can that I'm always prepared for that big interview that's going to change my life. Bring it on because I'm ready for it. Yeah. What big, let's go back to, because you said, oh, we mentioned authenticity, we mentioned storytelling, but we just mentioned it. What are the, is, are those, is it the authenticity and the storytelling components that make up the inspiring speakers? What are there, like, what happens there that all of us are looking towards those people? Like, what do you think? Mm. Um, I think it's um, um, at Happy Good Talk, we're, we're a public speaking training agency and we, we train a lot of people in the field of public speaking. And we mm. ask this question to our participants, like, who do you okay. think are inspiring speakers and also why? And if we ask people why, they don't always know, well, it, they just are. 
But what is important to know is that whenever we ask for, can you give examples of inspiring speakers? Um, we either hear the standard names, Tony Robinson, uh, uh, Barack Obama, uh, um, a Martin Luther King speech, etc. Um, but if people go blank, we ask them to go back to their um, university time or their time at high school, and we ask them about teachers. Please tell us who was your most inspiring teacher. And people mm. always have an example. Um, and then we ask, why? Why is this teacher one of your examples of inspiring speakers? And then they come up with an answer like, well, they were able to touch me. They were able to make me memorize what they said. Um, and they inspired me to do the same what they did. And then we ask, well, what is it then what they did? Well, it had to do with, is then the answer, it had to do with um, they're just themselves. And now we touch the core of authenticity. I think authenticity is a buzzword that, that we're all using and I get an itch from it when I use authenticity. Um, but it is that feeling of you being you. It is that feeling that if we see people, if we see people on stage, we know they've got it. And this it factor has to do with a person who is comfortable with themselves, standing there, um, full of self-confidence, without being arrogant, without uh, diminishing themselves, just being themselves, being present in the moment. And I think that's what we all call authenticity. And if you're able to combine that with those great storytelling techniques that we know, I think then the magic happens. And the magic is connection. And the connection here leads to action. And that is what public speaking is all about to me. Uh, you communicating a story that leads to action. Yeah. You said that you're asking your students about those things. And by the way, that's always one of the very interesting things. Like, what is the feedback of people that are completely unbiased, you know, mm -hmm. in such something like that? And the answers are always fascinating, by the way. So it's always cool to see some data points like that and try to understand, wait a minute, you, we are constantly trying to understand everything. But then once you just ask people around you and they give you the exact answers that it's so simple answer, you know, like they, they are just who they are. Yep. Okay. Okay. I started there. Okay. <laughs> How do I do that? <laughs> Just be who you are. And my and my my question was exactly that. Like you train a lot of people, a lot of organizations, obviously. How do you teach that? Like how do you help those people become those inspiring speakers? Whether or not they become known or not that much, you know, that is yep. there are a lot of other factors that play into that, of course. But how do you create such an inspiring speaker? Um, it is a very simple answer, uh, but it's a very difficult thing uh, to actually get there in practice. <laughs> uh, the simple answer is just be you. Um, but then again, how to do that? Because um, 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 we're now recording a podcast. Um, uh, we're using a, a, a software for this that I've never used. So when I first entered this meeting, I was a bit nervous, like, um, what are all these buttons about work. and how is this working? And um, 
I'm, I'm becoming less of myself then because I'm getting nervous. Um, yeah. And I think for all of us, this is the case. Put us uh, uh, in an elevator and an important person next to us and the word elevator pitch pops up in mind. How to do that? Um, how to be yourself in such moments? And um, in the trainings, we, we do a lot to actually give people the confidence, but also the safety to feel themselves, become themselves. Um, and one of the theories we use, and I think that's a very interesting uh, theory to share with you, um, mm. is from a lady called Betsy Rodenberg. And uh, she is an American lady, and she did research about actors on stage. Why do some actors have it? And why do some, they, they simply do not have it? This sounds what, like what, a book title, by the way. Awesome. It's, her book is called The Circle of Presence. Oh, there is a book. All there right. is a book about it. We'll yes. What was it's the name a, of the book? Let me write it down. The, the Circle of, of Presence. And she, she talks about why do some people have it and other people don't. And then also, <laughs> what is it? Well, the it is what we just defined when talking about inspiring speakers. It has to do with authenticity, you being you, uh, combined with storytelling techniques. But how to become it, how to become your full self. Uh, it is easier said than done. Um, and she calls this the circle of presence. And it has to do with energy. And I think you can all relate to it that um, at sometimes there is this um, um, energy you feel yourself that you just want to withdraw. You mm. want to, well, actually, just do not see me, do not listen to me. Who am I? Um, we hear volume going down. We see people withdrawing themselves from the situation, people going to the backgrounds. And we actually see this energy. We can feel the energy of the other person. This is what happens when you see speakers um, in digital meetings who actually turn off their camera uh, or who turn off their microphone and just become silent. Or mm. speakers on stage who you see stuttering with their um, uh, cheat sheets with, well, yeah, um, yeah well, um, um, uh, mm, uh, mm, and nothing happens anymore. That's an energy we can relate to. And uh, Betsy uh, calls this energy one. Um, there's also energy, energy three. And that's also an energy we can from relate to, to. Is it from one to three? From one to three, indeed. Uh, I will explain circle more. two energy in a moment. All right. I, I was like, well, wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sharp. <laughs> so what about energy three? Energy three is the complete opposite. That's the energy that goes outwards. That's the energy we know from people like, for example, Tony Robinson, bursting on stage, energy, volume, uh, uh, quotes, etc. Bam, bam, and everything no, goes outwards. Yeah. The circle two energy is what she calls the circle of presence, and that's somewhere in between. You don't have to diminish yourself. You don't have to withdraw. Uh, don't make yourself smaller than you are. But you don't have to burst out in, um, um, look at who I am. I am the big boss on stage. It, it is somewhere in between where you are just being you. If yeah. you know the um, um, uh, Aikido sports, it has to do with also fight or flight. 
Um, and it's the place in between, the inviting space. You don't have to fight, you don't have to flight, but you just are present in this moment. You are inviting whatever happens. And I think that is, to me, that is the key to authenticity, where you just feel fully comfortable with who you are, what's going to happen in case there, there are a very difficult question, not relevant questions, in case your um, um, clicker, if you're a keynote speaker on stage and your battery runs low of your clicker, in case you have a blackout, whatever happens, if you're in that state of mind, in that energy flow where it's, well, it just is, just let it be, that is where we, uh, where we look up to people. And I think that's, that, um, uh, that's actually, that's a tip. I want to share a tip with you, um, a piece of advice, because um, one of the, 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 the magic that happens if you're in this energy is that you can make mistakes. And it mm. absolutely, absolutely doesn't matter if you make a mistake. Uh, it doesn't matter if you stutter, if you uh, uh, forget the words, uh, if you uh, um, do something that shouldn't happen. If you're in that state of mind, in that circle of presence, like Betsy Rodenberg described it, uh, it means you can act on the situation. And that's my uh, actually my advice for all of you, if you're listening, uh, please make mistakes. Please uh, uh, do a big fuck up. Because how you act with it is a great way of showing the audience who you as a person are. Um, when a speaker, when I'm in the room and when a speaker makes a mistake, well, now I'm, 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 I'm at the, the tip of my chair and I'm awaiting yeah, what's going to happen now because I'm really yeah. curious, what are they going to do? And based on that reaction, I can tell what kind of speaker it is. The mistake itself, yeah. well, that doesn't matter. But how do we act on it? That matters. By the way, question here. Just thinking about the theory, which sounds, I'll buy the book for sure, because if it's coming as a recommendation, because it sounds like you're recommending this book. Most uh, definitely. Books. Um, can it be, because you said that hey, Toby, Tony Robbins, for example, is in, let's say, uh, in Energy 3. Was it Energy 3 or Energy? Yep. Okay, so energy three. Uh, and for him, energy that level, number three, let's say, is his num normal, you know? Even though it looks even though it looks extreme to many speakers or many presenters or coach, whatever, right? This is actually him, right? Based on this theory, just for myself, you know, and for everyone who is listening, obviously. Uh, does it mean that he should be fine because this is who he is. Yeah, he is in number three, right? He is very outwards. Like he really produces, he really goes with his energy outwards. Uh, but he is not in energy to where every the magic is, or at least mm -hmm. based on the book, it seems like magic two um, uh, energy two is the where magic happens. Yep. Is it okay to be in energy one and energy three because that's where you like this is who you are, right? What is the yeah. case? Or should you? Yeah. What's the, what's the case there? Well, there is no right or wrong in this. Yeah. Um, um, uh, either energy uh, works perfectly fine, um, but it does have an effect. And that's what we should focus on. And the effect oh. of an energy one, for example, people withdrawing themselves, is that we, the audience, pity them. Like, oh, <laughs> oh poor you. 
That that is the effect of an energy one, of an energy tree. Like I perceive Tony Robbins, uh, um, a, a Trump, a Donald Trump is also one of those examples. Um, what happens there is that most of the audience they perceive it with irritation. Mm. Please don't be that much. Please calm down. Whoa, easy. Um, and it awakens irritation. Circle mm. two energy, where the magic happens, it just is. Uh, it just happens. It is natural. It is your natural speaking style. And yes, I can tell you, Boris, that for example, your natural speaking style is different than mine and is different than the persons who are listening because we are each our own and we each have our own character traits and etc. etc. And I think with an example like Tony Robinson, we see a difference where he feels um, authentic, where I feel a connection with that person, uh, or when I feel irritated because it's way too much and it's, whoa, all the show and the fireworks and the extras and the, the presents and the, the you name it, where it feels too much. And this, yeah. all, this all has to do with that feeling is it the feeling of connection or is it a different feeling like irritation? Um, and it has to do with that, with that type of energy. And on yeah. top of that energy comes behavior, uh, the stuff you're doing, the stuff you're showing. Um, so we see a lot of different speakers working from within their circle to energy where they are connected with themselves and with the people around them, but they act differently. Some people yeah. just like to listen in that type of energy. Other people like to speak in that type of energy. Um, so there, there is a, there's a difference between uh, energy and behavior in there. Yeah, I was about to ask that if you think about it, uh, even though, like, as you said, in energy level three, you have, like, it's really too much. You are like, okay, calm down, relax, enjoy, like, enjoy yourself, stop a little, right? <laughs> calm down. There are still, as you mentioned at the end, there are still people who adore that style of consumption, right? Yep. It works for some people, right? That behavior is acceptable to some, right? Which is also very interesting. Like humans are very complicated. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it probably hard. Yeah. What's also interesting <laughs> now is, for example, uh, you and I, Boris, we're, we are both in our circle two energy now. Uh, we mm. are in our circle of presence. And I think if you're listening to this, you're also in your circle of presence in this circle two energy. Meaning, mm. both of us, uh, Boris, you and me, but also the listener, we are now here listening to what's being said, reacting to each other, uh, communicating with each other. Um, we're not busy with, well, it's four in the afternoon, what I'm going to cook tonight. Uh, hey, I still have to do my laundry. Um, we're here in this moment listening to each other. Um, and that is where that magic happens. And that's what we call authentic and that's what we uh, tag people with um inspiring that's why mm. when we name people inspiring speakers well there was something written somewhere about you where you, it says that you call yourself a comfort i'm quoting here a comfort comfort zone and larger yes what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> does that's my that job title i'm a comfort zone and larger yeah uh, <laughs> I um, really thought, like, describe themselves this way, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're the first one actually to see that. Yeah, anyway. So, what does it mean? 
Well, what it means is that I help you enlarging your comfort zone. That's simply what yeah. I do. That's what my job is. Uh, that's what I'm here for. And um, with enlarging your comfort zone, what I mean with that is that I water, expand, or enlarge your comfort zone instead of dropping you far out of your comfort zone, leaving you there, and then just walk away. What I love to do is to widen that comfort zone, enlarge it, expand it, so you feel way more comfortable next time you need to do um, a situation. Um, and what I really like is that when I started this uh, uh, agency and also started working in the field of public speaking, I really thought on how to call myself. Am I a presentation trainer? Am I a public speaking coach? Um, what is it that I do? And I really found out that it is it has all to do with this, com with this comfort zone and that it is all to do with enlarging. And I think it also has to do with an approach that, that I personally have, but also uh, other people in my team have, uh, Happy Good Dog has. And it is uh, it has to do with a very positive approach. Um, and what happens here is that um, this morning I gave a training and we, we spoke about this approach again. And it had to do with whatever you water grows. Okay. Um, you're into quotes, Boris, so yeah. I'll repeat it for you. <laughs> whatever <laughs> you water grows. Um, and that means that if we're giving feedback to uh, students in our uh, trainings, we can either focus on all the stuff that's going wrong and where they're not there yet. So if they score a four out of 10, we can we try to make that a seven out of 10. But what we like to do is to focus on that what already works. What is it that you do that works already, that's good enough already, um, where you score yourself a seven or an eight out of 10 and we'll enhance that, we'll make it better. And that seven out of 10 will now make a nine and a half out of 10. Um, and that's an approach that we use at Happy Good Talk. We focus on the stuff that works already instead of, well, that's simply not working. Um, and then that's where we give you feedback on and improve you on those points. And it really works in enlarging that comfort zone because it's, it builds self-esteem and it makes people look on all the stuff that they do right already. Uh, because there is so much uh, focus in the Western world that we're living in on the stuff that's going wrong, uh, the negative parts. Uh, and I just love to focus on the stuff that is already there, that is working on the positive side of, uh, of things. Um, yeah. And I think that also has to do with the job title, Comfort Zone and Larger. I really like to um, uh, focus on the positive approach. Is there is there a moment where you get a person to 10 out of 10 and then you're like, okay, now let's focus on something that you're doing bad <laughs> or, or not? I think um, if we're talking about Serena Williams or Oprah Winfrey again, they're, they're never there. I think there is right. a continuous yeah. improvement and continuous learning. And I think you're never, you'll, you will never be able to reach a 10 out of 10 uh, because That's there's always something to learn. You're always 9.9999 and you're like, come on, let's move on a little bit more, a little bit more. Then you move on a step further and you're like, no, a little bit more. There is, some, yep. there is a little bit more. Yeah. Got it. Wow. That's, that was an interesting one. I definitely have to check that book, by the way. I haven't heard that book for some reason. Like, is it, is it more popular in the acting world or is it yeah. me missing? Yeah. 
No, it is more popular in the acting world. Mm, uh, but when we talk about the circle of presence and about these energies, it is applicable to all of the professions, either in the field of acting, in the field of public speaking, but also in uh, the, the field of, um, uh, uh, you name it, uh, um, uh, journalism, for example. Um, yeah. it, it, is, it can be implemented broadly. Yeah. Which reminds think, me, by the way, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, this also comes down is what you mentioned in the in the intro of this podcast that um, we firmly believe that the, our audiences and myself included, we have enough of all the standards, the the standard stories and the standard speakers and all of the standard tricks, and it comes down to we're fed up with all the things that uh, are the same. We've seen enough standard already. We want to see more of the other. And I think the other uh, has to do with uh, authenticity, you being you, but also uh, representation uh, on the, the stuff we see. If we ask in our trainings for inspiring speakers, 90% of them are male. I think that's weird. Um, and what we love to, to actually do is to celebrate all of those other non conformative and non-standard speakers, um, either persons or um, stuff they do. Uh, if we speak about um, the, the inspiring speakers that we come up with in our minds instantly, most of them are, like I said, male, but also white and also 40 plus and successful and um, um, extroverts. And, and all those things we can we, we can play with. Um, I think it's really interesting to see introverted speakers more on stage, to see different kind of speakers. And then it comes down to authenticity again, you being comfortable with who you are, being given the stage, being given the place to speak, where you can share your story um, and actually learn from other aspects and other sides of a story. Yeah. By the way, when you when you said that this book is applicable to so many other professions or roles or people, I reminded myself of Alberto Cairo's book, who is a data visualization person, very super popular in that space, who recently wrote a book that was called How Charts Lie. And we immediately bought it, obviously, because our work very often includes on the second stage when we are designing the presentations for our customers, include the design part and Numerous times we have data involved in there. And when I read that book, I was like, wait a minute, this is not a book for us, for presentation people, for designers or for those type of those type of audiences. This book is for everybody. This is a business book because it's like, hey, you're consuming data all like every day through various channels. However, how do you read that can be very tricky, you know, like and what the creator, what the author of that visualization, let's say, decided to do with that visualization can actually lead to completely different stories that you tell yourselves, that you tell yourself. So let's recommend those two books to everybody that still haven't read them. I'll definitely get the circle of present for myself. But everyone, uh, yeah, this Alberto Cairo's book blew my mind, to be honest. Like, I was like, wow, I need to give this to everybody. You know, everybody should read this. Anyway, oh, uh, Marco, that will, that will be a very interesting question now, so get ready. Uh, <laughs> is there somebody that you know 
from the business world, from your trainees, uh, from the presentation world in one way or the other. Like that made an impression on you, you know, with something that you think because it made a positive impression on you. We need to get here on this podcast. Um, there are so many. Boris, all right. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, many interesting, uh, interesting people. Um, right. Are you asking more on the um, um, public speaking sides or on the business sides? Well, to choose, let's go one each. I will okay. be curious. On the, um, all right, on the uh, public speaking sides. There is right. um, a lady I've recently met, two ladies actually, they uh, have started uh, uh, the Story Society and uh, they're called Dalida de Graaf and Astrid Rose, um, two ladies who have decided to uh, build a career in public speaking uh, to also start a training agency. And um, I'm working together with them now and I really love their way of uh, entrepreneurship and their, their enthusiasm and the way they want to make the industry better, where we can learn from each other. I think that that's one. Yeah. And on the business side... Right. Um, I'm writing I'm, down, taking notes. Taking notes, really good. I see yeah. you writing it down. <laughs> yeah. The, a second one more on the business side uh, would be Denise Alan. She's a oh, Dutch lady. Um, she's a former soldier, has worked at the police and is now a sports instructor and a public speaker. And um, she was in one of my trainings. Um, and I think she's so inspiring with, um, if we're talking about less standards and more of you, please. Well, she is an example in, in how you can show more of yourself, who you are being not so standard uh, as what we know. Uh, and she's a great example in this uh, authenticity field for me. Interesting. These are great. I will definitely make sure that I reach out to them or at least uh, I will ask you, of course, uh, to introduce me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. So one last for me, because it's already 45 minutes, Marcus. So we can obviously speak about that topic for many, many hours. Yep. One last, what is the best place? It's actually uh, one question with... Uh, anyway. Two questions in one, you know, what is the best place for people to connect social media channel that you are active on? And what is the place for people to find more about what you're doing? If people want to connect, uh, um, go out on the street and talk to strangers. If they want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn. Um, right. Just look for Marco Pesch, uh, um, P-E-S-C-H. It is a lovely name, and I think its origin is also to be found in the Balkan. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm very proud of that, of that heritage. Um, and if they want to know more about me, um, uh, look me up on social media, uh, on LinkedIn mainly, or on Instagram, uh, where you will find, on Marco Pesci, you will find uh, my Instagram accounts and my LinkedIn accounts. Um, okay. And I will share their tips, videos, uh, uh, blogs uh, on how to become a better public speaker, how to become more authentic and uh, use storytelling techniques. And one of the storytelling techniques that there is, is the power of three. Um, do you know that one, Boris? Yeah, of course. The magic course. number of three. I've given you one piece of advice. I've got two more, two short ones. 
The first tip was about making mistakes. Please make mistakes because it's a great way of showing yourself. A second tip would then actually be, don't be a copycat. Don't be Oprah Winfrey, Stephen Hawking, uh, Boris, Marco. Just be you. Um, It is the best version you can show of yourself. And the third one, and it has to do with me being a bit nervous in the beginning and this new software and what to do. In the field of um, acting, we say often, take five. Just take five minutes, have a break, treat yourself and continue. And that's my third and final piece of advice if you're listening. Um, Just take five. Uh, uh, Take some time to prepare. Take some time to rest, to calm down your nerves, um, regather the troops and uh, bring your best version. Brilliant. And on that note, we need to probably end. I think there is nothing more to be said here. Margot, thanks so much for joining. This was super, super interesting. I really personally enjoyed myself recording this. And I believe that a lot of people who are listening to this one will find a lot of inspirational ideas here. And at least your top three ideas that you just shared are things that they need to definitely try as soon as possible. I think definitely. Okay, Marco, thanks so much for joining. That was a that was super, super nice. We'll make sure that we link uh, your Instagram account and your LinkedIn account so that people can find those videos also. And we will link up the books, right? That Those books that we made so popular in this podcast uh, for, some, for some reason. So again, thanks so much for joining. Thank you. Absolutely. For everyone, check uh, Marco's work. You'll find him on the show notes and also check Uh, 256labs.com or 365labs.com it's 356 Marco there are a lot of people that think that our company is called 365 but who cares Uh, at the end of the day was if you still haven't heard about the presentation skills conference called present to succeed please go to the respective website and check it out presentsucceed.com and probably who knows maybe we'll see Marco next year there we'll see thanks again for listening and we'll see you in the next one